So many people who went through trauma when they were kids are still waiting to find real help for the trauma-related problems that are still happening in their lives. And this is a tragedy. Are you one of those people? I was. I didn't know any other thing to do back then about the intense struggles I was having that I now know were from dysregulation and some other symptoms stemming from trauma in my childhood. I mean, how do you really know who to talk to or what results are reasonable to expect? You hear people say all the time, oh, you should go to therapy. It's awesome. It totally changed my life. And if you're like me, you think, I want to find something like that, but where? Should I just go on Yelp? Do you Google it? I mean, how do you know who to pick? Because it usually just ends up being random in my experience. So then you go, and many times you just find out that you feel sad or awkward afterward, or like it's just not going anywhere. And you gotta watch out then, because you could end up internalizing two really negative ideas, which is one, that therapy never works, which is not the case, and two, that you must just be too broken to benefit from this thing that everybody else seems to think is fabulous. And that's not really right either. Now, I don't think you're too broken to heal, but I think it can be very hard to get matched with someone who really understands you and who really understands trauma and has an approach to healing that actually gets in there and makes a difference for you and doesn't leave you feeling like an alien or like a bull in a china shop. Now, how do I know this feeling? Because I've lived it. I'm Anna Runkle. I'm also known as the crappy childhood fairy. And one of the reasons that I set out to learn about how to heal from childhood PTSD is because I'm one of the people who hit a wall when I tried to get help the conventional way. Now back then, when hardly anything was known about the effects of early trauma, no one was connecting these like seemingly random symptoms that I had with trauma. But it turns out my problems weren't random. They were common and normal for someone who grew up with abuse and neglect. I couldn't get help from professionals at that time. And if you've taken any of my courses and heard my story, you know I was lucky enough to figure out an approach that worked for me. But therapy is still by and large how our culture supports people who are struggling. And it's what insurance covers, if it covers anything. It can be hard to get an appointment, it can be expensive, it's hard to get to geographically. And when you do get in, it's like this huge investment you make to see somebody one time who you basically know nothing about. So the people who know how to help with CPTSD, they're out there, but the problem is, can they help you? And will you be able to tell in an initial meeting if this is a fit, right? So in this video, I wanna talk about the qualities that make a good therapist for people with CPTSD. And these are characteristics to look for and questions you can ask when you're testing out the waters with a new therapist. Now, as it happens, there's an explosion of therapy available online. And there's an explosion of a lot of things online now that used to be done face-to-face. -face. It's true that something is lost without the face-to-face -face connection, but what's gained is the cost has come down in a lot of cases. It's a lot easier to set up an initial meeting than when you had to go in person. And most of all, you have access to so many people out there. They don't have to be in your town. They don't even have to be in your continent anymore. So you have a better chance to find a trauma-informed therapist who fits you and gets you. Thanks to the internet, there's also a lot of transparency now around clinical professionals. And in a lot of cases, you can get online and learn about them before actually reaching out. And that's a big asset for you too. But when you do meet with them, you're still gonna need to ask the right questions. So one thing I wanted to share with you 
is that I have a new partnership agreement with an organization that matches potential clients to online therapists. And I'm putting the link to that below in the description section in case you're looking for therapy. And I know a lot of people here are, and especially if you're in crisis, please have a look at this resource in the description section. And if you have CPTSD and you want to go the therapy route, I'm going to really encourage you to find someone who can help you with that, who doesn't minimize or misunderstand CPTSD, but who gets it. And so I want to equip you with the list of things to look for, to help you narrow down your choices and find someone who just might hold the key for you to a very big next step in your healing. So here are 10 things to look for when you're choosing a therapist. Number one is they project honesty and confidence rather than people pleasing or vagueness when you ask specific questions about their approach. Now, some therapists just like some people will have a sincere desire to help anyone who asks. And you know, maybe this will be because of financial reasons, or maybe they're new in their career and they haven't yet figured out what they do best. But the therapist you want isn't afraid to say, this is my specialty, but this is not, or that's not something I'm trained in, but I'll look into it. Someone willing to learn about an approach to healing can sometimes be more valuable than somebody who thinks they already know everything there is to know. Second thing to look for, you want them to be up to date on research outside traditional therapy circles. Ask what their sources are for new information on trauma. If they mention ACEs or Bessel van der Kolk and Pete Walker, that's a sign that they're paying attention to the thought leadership that's popular. Now you might have certain modalities that you wanna ask about, you know, tapping, somatic experiencing, nervous system healing, whatever it is, ask. Get a feel if they know about the technique that's been helpful to you and what they have to say about it. It's fashionable these days to call things trauma-informed, but remember this means different things to different people. And anyway, no matter how closely aligned with someone you are philosophically, the fact is the person who's going to have to step in and decide if this is a fit is you. Okay, third thing to learn about a prospective therapist. Is their knowledge from professional education personal experience, or some of both. Now, this is a personal question, but if it's important to you, and it is an important thing for many people in the crappy childhood fairy community, you can ask if they've had their own experiences of trauma, and you can ask what they found helpful for their own healing. Now, when you're discussing this with them, just try to be open to hearing with both your head and your heart, if you know what I mean. Get a feel for whether you agree with them intellectually, but also if you feel affinity with them. They don't have to be just like you, but a lot of us here, not everyone, but many of us feel extra comfortable with people who have experienced CPTSD and come out the other side. The fourth thing you'll want to ask is how long they think it will take until you start feeling better. Now, I know this isn't a fair question because no one knows the answer for another person, but if all they have for you is platitudes about every person being different or healing is a long journey, they may not be the one for you. Look for people who can address not just long-term healing, but the immediate need to get some relief from symptoms. And I don't just mean from medication. There are many techniques for calming and self-soothing and self-regulating that if you ask me should always be part of treatment, like first thing. Now, those are the things I teach and other people teach some various methods. And I encourage you to find someone who understands this and supports it. The fifth thing is look for common sense in their approach. Do they suggest basic things that are known to help with trauma, like exercise, limiting alcohol and sugar, getting sunshine, getting sleep, or is everything they suggest something a professional has to give you? Adding in common sense strategies for self-healing 
it's just plain smart and you want someone who makes it part of their recommendations. Number six is, will they encourage you to focus on your role in the problems and how to solve them? Or will they be more interested in the ways others have hurt you? Sometimes that's very dramatic and compelling. And there are plenty of people out there who want to talk about those hurts and therapists who are willing to listen. But my opinion is this needs to be kept as just part of an approach, not the whole thing. Without a focus on the things you can actually change, talking about the hurts is just a way to delay or avoid the hard work of facing what the real problem is now. And this is what number seven is about. Do they have ways of working with you that don't always require you to tell your trauma stories? This is important because if you're like me, talking about your traumatic memories can be severely dysregulating to the point of ruining any potential benefit of therapy. So look for people who can suggest ways of working on things that are not all about talking, especially being careful not to let talk about trauma and the past and other people just take over the whole hour. It's important that they're able to keep a visit fairly structured. Do they go along with whatever you plan to talk about or do they have a path to help you follow? For dysregulated people, the path is particularly helpful. All right, eighth thing, are they tuned in and knowledgeable enough to notice when you're dysregulated and do they have techniques to pause and help you kind of come back into the room from that so that therapy can continue in a productive way? Number nine, are they able to see you beyond any labels or diagnoses that you may have so that they can really see your unique interests and your strengths and your vulnerabilities? Number 10 is, are they curious? Are they respectful rather than just invalidating and dismissive about your opinions and ideas about what's wrong, what you need, and what approaches seem useful? Now you may have learned to tolerate this kind of thought domination in the past, but for your healing, you'll want the freedom to decide for yourself what is important in your healing, what belongs there. You hear me say this a lot. You need to remain sovereign over your process of healing not tossing it to chance or blaming the system or doing whatever you're told, but talking to people and seeking out the forms of help and learning by trial and error sometimes for what makes you tick, what helps you re-regulate and be happy. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.